Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're all someone's daughter. We're all someone's son. Hello. Give a good each other. And that is the signal for you to call us here on 0800 150 And uh, we'll talk to you on a number of issues. You see those numbers coming out of the Rugby World Cup, the wash-up there, quite out, uh, outstanding in terms of uh, revealing where the game was at during that tournament. A lot of people said, boy, there was a lot of kicking. There certainly was. 25%, 25%, the highest number ever in that regard. Least number of offloads. Uh, the side that wins the World Cup is seventh and eighth in those important numbers. How do you make that? How do you get your head around that? So uh, we'd love to hear from you um, as, as soon as possible. Brian, do we take a break or should we go straight to the board? It's up to you. Go straight to the board. Uh, Louis with us in Christchurch. Good morning to you, Louis, as well. You can join in on this. Brian, good morning. Brian from Hibiscus Coast. G'day. Good morning, uh, Ian. Uh, before I speak about the Boxing Day test, can you tell me, uh, the la- the uh, final India Australia. Um, I noticed Australians were wearing a black arm armband. Do you know what that was for, Ian? One or two of them were, yeah. Um, and I think that was for a, a former administrator of New South Wales cricket, whose name uh, eludes me at this point. Right. But I did ask about it myself. But it wasn't a general one. If you looked at some of the players, some did, some didn't. And I think it was more the guys that had played for New South Wales for quite some time who had had dealings right. with uh, this long-term administrator of uh, New South Wales cricket, Brian. Oh, thanks, Ian. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be at a um, Boxing Day test, and that was in your time, eighty eighty one, mm. And uh, a little bit of trivia... Ian, uh, Troopy, uh, Gary, had left me a ticket at the box office on the Saturday and a Boxing Day, and it was a very, very hot day. So I went along in, in shorts and, you know, not a T-shirt, but uh, summer gear. And, of course, when I get there, the guy says, this ticket is for the member's stand. You won't be able to stay there. You, be, you better go somewhere else. So, so I went around very close to, uh, what's it, is it um, Tier 13 where they get a bit noisy? Bay, Bay 13, yeah, Bay 13. Yeah, Bay 13, yeah, I was close to there. But I've been to that uh, stadium uh, in four times, and, and the, the first one was 1960-61 West Indies and Australia, and the Boxing Day test that day and it was the same configuration that they used for the 56 Olympics. 90,800 back in the day yeah. was fantastic. You might have uh, remembered that tour. 80, oh, look, uh, I, the 60. You were young. I, I, you were a young fellow then, of course. I, I, 
I remember Brian back in those days because I used to listen to a lot of cricket on the on the old transistor during our summer holidays, and that was when Alan McGilvray and Lindsay Hassett were the broadcasters, the radio broadcasters, and I remember those days quite fondly, actually. And so when I played backyard cricket, my Aussie versus uh, England teams were all made up of those players of that era. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And the last time there was December 20. Uh, 2019, just before uh, the test match, uh, I was on a cruise and did a tour of the, uh, the stadium, Ian, and the grass was just, just like a billiard table. It was beautiful. But, of course, then uh, we all know what happened after that, which was so... So I'm very pleased, although um, I'm getting a bit long in the tooth. I'm hoping I can still see it or listen in the next three years. But all Brian, the best, Ian, and appreciate it, what you did over in India, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for the call, Brian, and uh, well, listening to your voice. You sound very strong there, Brian, so you'll be watching it. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Mikey from Christchurch, uh, he'll be heading over there, I'm sure. G'day, Mikey. <laughs> hey, mate. Oh, it'd be a dream, wouldn't it? Um, hey, welcome yeah. back, by the way. Thank um, you. Thank you. Just, just listening to that really interesting interview with the, the CEO there, and he was talking about where the money comes from and mostly sponsorship, mostly um, TV rights. Um, but what I didn't hear was, was nothing to do with the gate. Did I mishear that? Gate, gate is pre- pretty much inconsequential, really. I, I would imagine, you know, when right. you have your... Particularly when it comes to test cricket, I don't think they budget on that at all. I, I would imagine yeah. when it comes to your, your blockbuster T20s at Eden Park or... You know, um, you know, your big, big crowds uh, for white ball cricket, there is a budget and there is an expectation of money coming in, Mikey. But test cricket, yep. um, is, it fluctuates so much um, and it's hard to guarantee or rely on a number. And, and that, that's why I, I sort of said to him, uh, you know, it, it, people coming through the game aren't a factor. And he said, no, not really. It's more about the television rights because you're talking the big numbers to, numbers to cover the expense of it. So logically, then, would that mean that for because we've got the mind you, they'll probably ramp the prices up for that because it's Australia. But would they lower the prices to make sure you've got a decent crowd so it looks good on TV? Does that come into it or no? They should. They should. Uh, they should budget um, like any big event in New Zealand. You should budget to um, the audience that you want to attract. Now, if you're looking to attract families, etc. You budget in that mm. regard. You make it very, very cheap for the kids to get in. Uh, and when the kids want to go, of course, they drag the parents along. So, you, you know, you, you've got to be smart in terms of your marketing there. Test cricket in, in New Zealand needs support, but it's no point trying to price it. The, if they're going to price it, it would be this summer against Australia. Um, or maybe if India came as well. But when India are here, um, things don't matter because the amount of money... Uh, which is the competitive nature between the bidding and India, because uh, at the moment, um, if, if you want to try and sell the rights to the Indian cricket team overseas, you're relying on at least two or three television companies over there um, trying to bid for it, like in an auction. And if you've got one or two or three aggressive TV companies, you're going to make a bundle, an absolute bundle out of it, and that's going to prop up your cricket for the next two to three years until they come back. It's as simple as that, Mikey. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to a great summer of cricket, and uh, you have a good show. Thanks, Ian. Hey, thanks very much, Mikey. I appreciate your call. Yeah, no one has come in yet on those rugby numbers. I thought Dino might come in on the rugby numbers or someone like that. Uh, Louis, good morning to you. 
quite revealing. Um, those uh, those numbers from the rugby, and and just uh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Sorry, Brian. Right, uh, I take we've got Cliff there as well, so I'll get back to you, Louis. So uh, the calls keep uh, popping in and out. So Cliff, good morning to you. Love to hear from you again. Yeah. Yeah, good morning, Scotty. Just, just touching on the you know, rugby stats, I think it's something that um, I think something that Razor needs to uh, look at where he's going to take this team. I think we need to play. We need to be trying to play an expensive game, and we want to we want to keep the ball. I mean, the Crusaders have always been a side that don't really need it, and they'll punish you on the break. But if these teams that we're playing against, the South Africans, Ireland and even England, if they're going to try and grind us down with, with a straight line of guys uh, manning man on man, we need to do something a bit different. And I, I just don't like the idea of the way we've been getting into the box kicking. You know, the South Africans, they love it. You know, the, the, the halfback, he just loves putting the box kick up. And I think yeah, young Smith, our boy, he was starting to do too much of it too. And even uh, Bowden Barrett was kicking uh, willy-nilly. But hopefully we'll go into the next series next year with, with a different sort of look and that we want to play the more open, even bang it down into the corners. Let's put some pressure on them. You know, that's what I see going with the All Blacks. Uh, good to have a listen to the new CEO of the, of the cricket. Um, you know, it was good to mention uh, uh, old Martin Sneddon. You know, he's a, he's a great stalwart. They're the sort of guys you need just just do the year after year of doing the backroom stuff. Um, you know, you guys out the front talking about it, but, uh, you know, old Sneds, he's, he's, he's been there, been involved with rugby as well, the Rugby World Cup. You know, I take my hat off to him. He's, he deserves uh, any quango that he can get after this. But um, the question of the cricket is, um, is, I just don't know about our captains for these teams. I would have liked the new coach. I would have liked them to say that we were going to have two coaches, one for the white and one for the for the red. And I just think that you know, don't, Saudi captaining this test tie is just doesn't work for me. Sometimes I think he's even a non-starter, but now he's got to start. And I know Henry's not there, and it probably gives him the chance to play more. But I just feel that Kane should have been the red ball. Uh, captain and maybe the 50s and the 20s was the team that he didn't need to have. Someone like Mitchell or, or someone else could have captained that team with a different coach and and that's where I think that they need to go. They need to get a separate coach with the 20s a separate captain and try and build a, a quite a different team and they need to look at the test. If we're going to play lots of good quality test matches, four test series we need a strong white, uh, strong red ball team and we don't want them playing a lot of twenties as well. What do you reckon? Totally agree. And uh, I, all I'll say to you on that, Cliff, is watch this space in terms of two coaches. Watch this space. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that they um, looking at because of the importance of, of white ball cricket, the T20 in particular, which comes around in June next year, believe it or not, in the United States and the West Indies co-hosting a T20 World Cup. So that's what seven months away. I'm not quite sure it'll happen before then, but just watch the space in terms of a red ball coach and a white ball coach. I, I like you, am totally, totally behind that concept. Uh, John, uh, thanks, Cliff. John from Auckland. Good morning, John. 
was uh, good to hear you on television as well with your commentary. So welcome back Thank home. You. Thank you, mate. Anyways, um, just on those numbers, I'm actually not surprised, mate. They've brought, as you probably watched and you've been a commentator, you know, the, the TMO, um, the referees in terms of the off, off-field officials have just had too much to say, mate. I don't know if they're spooked about concussion or whatever, but it's just slowing down our game. It's becoming a bit like the NFL, where the referee runs onto the field, or the outside official runs on and says, this has happened and this has happened, and then they've got to go and go back to that phase and have a look 25 phases ago. So it's, it's turning people yeah. off, mate. Well, you know, I was right in the middle of a Cricket World Cup in India and I talked to a lot of people about the rugby because, of course, there were people from England, there were people from South Africa, people from Australia and all. Of course, they're interested in that. There was some coverage came through to Indian channels of some of the games there. And the consensus was win, lose or draw, even from the South Africans who benefited by it, said the game's no and no good. It's it's in terrible shape. It's embarrassing. You know, it's it's changed so much. It's It's too driven by... Uh, you know, by officials, uh, the rule book, etc., by um, the World Rugby. They said the, the players are just pawns in a game that they have no control over. And and, and the fans are in, in exactly the same situ- situation as well. And the pressure must be brought to bear now to change that. And, and let's hope that it is. And let's hope that's the last World Cup uh, uh, where we have to put up with 100-plus-minute games and all that intervention as far as down the road when uh, someone sitting in a, an office down the road can make up their mind as to whether a player gets a red card as, or a yellow card. Just doesn't make sense to me. Hey, John, thanks very much for your call. I look forward to hearing you uh, a lot more too as we go through uh, towards Christmas too.